0: Today on the Ministry for Breakfast podcast, we take it back to elementary school with a segment called Five Lessons I Learned While Pastoring in a Pandemic, Part One. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Let's eat.
1: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ministry for Breakfast podcast, a weekly podcast for discussions, reviews, and interviews To help pastors and leaders eat ministry for breakfast my name is kenny i'm the pastor at the first baptist church of wyandotte in wyandotte michigan and the last thing i ate for breakfast was a plain
0: buttered bagel toasted uh, with a side of grape juice toasted is important it feels a lot like like communion it's It's got to be one yeah well you know hey listen ministry like a mobile (laughs) lord's supper (laughs) (laughs) my name is theo i'm the pastor of first baptist church of detroit in southfield michigan and the last thing I ate for breakfast was uh, Kellogg's Special K Redberry cereal, lactaid lactaid milk. I gotta be honest. Working on your fitness, therapy. yeah, I exactly. Like healthy. You can't see it, but I am. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working on my fitness. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. On uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast episodes, drop every week, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Today, as we record this podcast, the global pandemic known as COVID 19 has lasted for at least eight months, beginning uh, in earnest, at least here in Michigan, in March of 2020. Uh, inherently, it has affected how we do ministry. Uh, in some ways, we can clearly see it, and in other ways, uh, it's affected us in ways that we just don't even know yet. Um, as an example, just a few days ago, you know, I realized, you know, that our Christmas Eve service, where we stand together, you know, with candles, we hold hands and hold candles. It's kind of complicated, <laughs> but anyway, it works. It works. <laughs> you know, we stand, you know, shoulder to shoulder throughout the sanctuary. Uh, we're not going to be able to do it that way. Right, like we clearly have to do something different um, this year, and it made me a little sad, but it also made me excited and imaginative and creative about what could be. You know, as a pastor, I've had to start some things, I've had to stop some other things, I've had to tweak some things, and uh, I once sort of learned at you know this one leaders training that I went to. They said anything worth doing is worth being evaluated. Um, and so not that, you know, the pandemic is over, but, you know, we are going to put just a marker down right here and we're going to list five things that we've learned so far from pastoring um, in the pandemic. And we've learned so much that we're going to break this into two different segments. So this is just let's, this is just part one. So these are our lists, um, the things that we've learned pastoring in the pandemic. Uh, we hope that they, uh, they help someone, right? So let's go.
1: And, and it's definitely been a creative time in ministry. Sure.
0: Um, and so
1: looking at the first one here, and this is a list that both Theo and I put together. Uh, so we've kind of made a nice amalgamation. We really love big words as pastors. Yeah. But a nice mixture of what we've kind of put together here. Um, so the first one is the pandemic has been a strong reminder that the church is not brick and mortar, but flesh and blood. We must live life outside the walls of our building. hmm and I really feel like that's one of those things where I don't know about you. Uh, maybe it's me. Sometimes we, as pastors, don't like to admit our faults. Sure. Uh, but we get into those ruts. We get into those routines. And a lot of times in ministry, everything we do focuses on being at the building. Yeah. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, he lived life out with the people. The community knew where he was. There were crowds that followed. They knew something was going on. And I think so often times, because of the way just life was, life was good. We chugged along. We did what we did. Um, we were very kind of program driven. Of hey, we've got our Wednesday nights, we've got our Sunday mornings. Maybe we've got our Sunday nights. We've got all these different things. I I think this has been a wake up call to go. Wait a minute. Sure. We the people need to be connected mm-hmm. and go. Hey, we're the body of Christ, not the fact that that church is where Jesus meets mm-hmm.
0: us. Mm-hmm. Have you? In what ways has that sort of tangibly sort of manifested itself over the last six months? Through and event or through a way of like doing church differently like how has that sort of
1: i think played itself out one of those things and i view this as like i'm taking a shot at myself here like i I think we're more connected now as a church Mm. than we ever were pre-pandemic sure and it's sad that it took a pandemic to go oh my goodness how often do I pick up the phone and call the person that I didn't see at church last week mm-hmm. or that I didn't do this? And so we've been forced to connect. Sure. You know, I'm sure every church has done their different things. We divided our phone directory up between our leadership team and everybody got, you know, fifteen people to call. And so that early on you're calling and going, Hey, do you have toilet paper? How you doing? What can we pray for? Do you need groceries sure. dropped off? And it really allowed us to mobilize more outside and connect better with one another as opposed to Oh man, I haven't seen you in 4 weeks. It's it's good to see you this right. Sunday. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I I think that was a, a a big difference something that really changed
0: at least for us as a church. Sure. Sure. I I would agree with that as well. We we called more. We yeah. emailed more. We zoomed more, yeah. right? We did more ministry. Literally outside. Yeah. So we spent more time in the parking lot. (laughs) Well, and and again, if
1: you look at the early church in Acts, it's living life together. It wasn't just like, hey, corporate worship, which I think a lot of our churches would think that we do really well. Sure. But it's living life outside of those walls and going, hey, do I know you? Mm -hmm. You know, and I want my people in my church to know who I am, to know my mm-hmm. heart, to know what makes me tick. True. And I want the, to know the same thing about them mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, you sit in pew four, you park in mm-hmm. parking spot 37, you know, you usually dress real nice. You just don't, don't sing very loud or very mm-hmm. good. Right. You know, some of
0: those things. So it's, it's kind of gotten <laughs> yeah. us a little bit deeper. Beyond yeah. That. Well, if you think of like heyday church, right? 1950s, 1940s, 1960s, those were big institution years yeah year, like and not just religious institutions but all institutions right like colleges were bigger unions were bigger social clubs were huge right and so the church was just another one of those things and all of them were centered around a building yes right like yep. whether it was the armory or any number of just these gathering places and so the generations that have come after the, those years have kind of been kind of pushing against that Mm -hmm. and kind of shifting from institutional mindset to kind of family mindset. And I think the pandemic just kind of exacerbated it. It it pushed that argument over the edge. Over the edge. Yep, absolutely.
1: And I think that's good. And that doesn't mean neglect your church building. That doesn't mean let it go. Don't fix the roof. Don't pay the light bills. Be a good steward with what you've been blessed with. Right. But don't be just identified as your building. There you go. All right, so the second one we're looking at has the pandemic has taught me that most churches are not nearly as nimble as they need to be. Sure.
0: So, you know, I think that coming out of that institutional mindset, we put in systems that really cemented whoever we were and however we did things. Mm. Um, And so it took six votes to accomplish something. <laughs> it took three signers to do anything. It yep.
1: took a congregational meeting. Right. It took <laughs> a
0: congregational meeting. It took a lot of effort to do very few the very small things. Because you know if you if, if when you think about like a 501c3, right? Like a five when you when you establish these things they often are intended to make sure that they are run in ways that sustain the organization, right? No matter what. And oftentimes, being nimble can be dangerous because it can put you in a position that kind of compromises your safety and your security. And you want everything to be done in an above reproach way. Exactly. And so it... A lot of our churches were sort of set up and our polities were set up at a time when there was lots of distrust of just everybody, right? Yeah. Nobody trusted anybody. Right. Um, and so there were all of these kind of safeguards in place, which intentionally slowed down the process. Well, then you shift 40, 50 years later, and there are only two people who can come into the building to sign something, <laughs> yeah. right? or. You know, uh, we've always had this problem as a church in particular, and I think churches in general, that if you lose one person, you lose so much institutional memory yeah. that we needed to sort of empower people to be able to do jobs, share responsibility, mm-hmm. and just get things done. Em- yeah. Empower, yeah. you know, somebody to just know passwords and get things done. You know yeah. what I Empower people to make decisions And we'll come back and sort of, we can come back on the back end and say, I might have done it a little bit differently. I think it would have been better to make sure you like interface with that group or what have you. But we needed to be able to be flexible. A number of our churches just could not get online fast enough. Yep. Right. Could not set up digital giving fast enough. Could not move their congregational meetings online fast enough right. because, because, well, because here's the thing, you had to have a congregational meeting <laughs> in order to vote, to move the congregational meeting online. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. So oh yeah. You I know. understand. So, you know, we, we need to be a bit more flexible. We need to be a bit more empowering of individual mm-hmm. leaders, I think, in order to do ministry in this, you know, present age yeah. that is more personal, that expects, for decisions to be made in a matter of hours and not in a matter of months. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. that's just that's just an interesting juxtaposition. Right. Like we would the the church often is known for dialoguing about an issue for years. Right. About like can we move this poll from the left to the right and just Let's m- take a vote. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you take the vote and they're like, well, wait, I don't think that vote counts because this person wasn't here. How let's... many inches to the left? Exactly. Let's take another vote. Exactly. <laughs> and so somebody just needs to be like, I'm moving the poll, guys. Like, yeah. Let's let's just do this thing. you know. So I, I think the church would benefit from trying to find ways of simplifying their systems, empowering individuals. And just kind of being more flexible.
1: Well, and making sure that there's still checks and balances. But sure. again, like you said, empowering people to do ministry mm-hmm. and to go out there yeah. and to be the body of Christ. Yeah. Tr- I mean,
0: trusting people that they are passionate and educated. Right. Yep. Like I, I will trust people who are passionate and educated, and and don't mind accountability. I don't mind accountability on the back end. Yep. Right. Like like I said. Still submit a an expense form, yes. right? Like still let us know that you did it, right? You know, still communicate on the back end, but go ahead and do it. I, I had a conversation with my my custodian, who would ask me for permission to do something that he's more equipped to know whether it needs to be done, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I said, well, listen. If we, if if it's this much money, just do it. Tell me after the fact. Don't wait for me or anybody else to tell you to do something that costs $50. Right. Just do it. Right.
1: And I think some of those things as pastors, we're kind of gearing some of this towards pastors and leaders. Like, we don't want all the decisions. As the Mm -hmm. pastor, I don't want to, I don't want you to come to me and go, hey, how should I run the kitchen? I'm not a chef. Right. I'm not a cook. I don't want to be in control. I don't need to know every single detail. Like let's, let's prayerfully consider what we're doing and put the right people in place, whether it's women's ministry or youth ministry or, you know, food pantry, whatever that is, yep. as opposed to micromanaging as the leader. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. So we definitely need to be much more nimble as a body. Yeah. Third thing on the list is the pandemic has taught me that this whole internet thing is not a fad. We must embrace technology and its uses both within our church and as a means for outreach. You know, I think that's one of those indictments on churches and just in general is mm-hmm. kind of along what you said. We move a little slow, yeah, and we don't like change. Mm-hmm. Change is so hard, and I know some people would look at it and go, "But wait a minute, you two, you guys are two young, handsome fellows <laughs> in ministry." <laughs> exactly. I know we hear that all the time, but but again, to go like this isn't a cry for hey, we've got to have change, but we need to embrace the fact that the gospel never changes, the mission never changes, mm-hmm. but the way in which we convey it, we've got. Online ministry is not going away. Right. Zoom meetings are here to stay. Yep. Corporations are going, hey, work from home. You can now have a meeting with somebody in Japan and California and Michigan all at the same time mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. Right. And we need to be aware of that. And not just say, hey, we're going live. But how are we following up with those people? How are we, you know, building connections mm-hmm. and relationships with those people? Like you've got to have people now committed on a Sunday morning and go. Hey, who's watching our service? Mm -hmm. Can I send out a, hey, it was great having you. there something we can pray for you for. Is there a way for, you know, we're trying to come up with one of the, is there a connection card that they can fill out Mm -hmm. online as they're watching the service so that they can be a part of our body? Because I'll be real, there are people in your church in my church that may never come back because they like the convenience of watching Sunday morning in their sweatpants or in their pajamas on their couch. That's right. And we've got to find a way to kind of interact with that. So just realizing that we have to change, which I know can be really, really hard. I mean, we struggle with changing from traditional to contemporary music or how we flex music or what people can wear in church or some of those things, but the internet is something that we've really got to embrace and go, how do we do digital ministry well But also not neglect ministry Mm -hmm. in general.
0: The day of arguing over hymnals is over. Oh, absolutely! And what I mean by that, it is it is not the most pressing argument for us to have. Yeah. Right. Even talking about if we use technology, that's over. Yeah. Now it's how much. How? Right. Yeah. It is a tool. It does exist. And people expect you to use it, yep. right? Like people expect to be able to find your website. They expect to be able to find a Facebook page, yep. and they expect it to be current. Yes, they do not expect to see that the last time you posted was Easter. Okay, <laughs> but like, Easter was so good. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, like, and I know I'm stepping on some toes because because there's some there's some leaders who are lo- looking like when was the last time we posted on Facebook? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. technology. Like you have a responsibility to update it the same way you update your bulletin. Yeah. Imagine. The, the notion of somebody walking into your church and you handing them a bulletin from March—you wouldn't do it. You would think it's ridiculous, and yet we do it online all the time. Yep. Right. And so, like technology, it's not even here. It's been here. <laughs> like you're, you, you, many of us are so late to the party that. Sometimes you do kind of feel like, man, don't even show up, right? Like, (laughs) just up, right? But I I think in ministry, you don't have a choice. Like in ministry, it is better late than never. In ministry, you do have a responsibility um, because, again, it's not about the technology. It's about what technology allows us to do, right? It allows us to continue to disciple. It allows us to continue to meet people. In the streets. Yep. And now the street is Facebook. It yep. is Twitter. It is Snapchat. Even though I don't really use my Snapchat <laughs> page. It is TikTok. Even yep. though I don't, I don't really use TikTok. It is Instagram Reels. And yeah. I think we. And I and I just rattled off four things. That half the people that we were talking to have no idea. Like what did you say? Like you know. Like, right. You know. Yeah. So we all I think have to embrace it. And have to leverage it to continue to do what God's called us to do.
1: Absolutely, well, and again, and the one thing I wanna kinda of tack back onto there is making sure that it's an outreach. Like, I don't know about your church, but we've got people now that have moved across the country or that are living yeah. in a different country. So your audience has expanded and don't just use your online platform for the people that are at home. Right. Use it to engage people that are out there. Uh, there are people that you don't know, and we've got to build that relationship. So pay attention to who's watching and how you can interact with them, mm-hmm. and how you can. Because our goal is to be disciples, making disciples. Our goal is to get people to fall passionately in love with Jesus Christ, not just do Sunday mornings well. Yeah, you know, not just spend a little bit of time together. So use that and dream big.
0: Yeah, yeah. i we'll talk about it later. I'm sure. Yeah, but I think we have experienced an influx of people worshiping with us online who geographically couldn't do it. Yes. As we look towards a day where the pandemic no longer restricts our ability to gather together, we want to keep those people. We want them, the reason they came was because it felt like a level playing field. Each of us and all of us were forced to watch together Now that some people can come in, do the people who watch feel like they're on the outside looking in of a party that's happening and you know, or Or are they still connected? Right. Or do we sort of say we have to be at all times as much church online as we are in person. Yeah, I've become so.
1: all things to all people. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Alright, the fourth thing on our list today is the pandemic has taught me that the church needs to centralize the new tech, low tech, and low tech strategies.
0: Yeah, I think it might have been no tech. I think I was supposed to be no, oh, yeah, well, new tech, right. low tech, well, no tech, but it is what it is, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, we got to develop these, these typing technologies too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that number one having a strategy makes you more consistent. Yep. Right. And I think that we, one of these, this moment has allowed us to understand how valuable all of it is. Right. So we're, we're using two and three different technologies to stream because one captures it and the other one sends it to multiple places at the same time. So that's like high tech. Right. And then like the low tech strategies are like, texting right yeah, yep. people oh, yeah. and calling people yep. and then the note text strategies are mail right i know oh, yeah. it's like the mail still exists Wait, everybody right right <laughs> you can send a handwritten note right <laughs> people still love hallmark yeah. right that gold like you know my my family if the, if it doesn't have the gold seal they almost don't even want it right it's not real. exactly so i'm like i go to Hallmark, hey can i just buy the seals <laughs> cuz i'm going to get the card from the dollar store <laughs> uh but you know I'm, i like it 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 matters even more right yeah. because i think one i'm i'm in this five love languages small group and we're talking about you know gift giving and but all of the all of the sort of love acts the weight of the act is often Rooted in the level of sacrifice, yeah. or the right, and so, um, because people understand how easy it is to shoot off a text message, they value the person who writes the note, yeah, right, that it, that, it, it weighs even more because it took you know cursive time and <laughs> you know all that kind of yeah. stuff, right, and so, for and personalized. So, one of the things that we do at my church is when you fill out your digital connect card. I respond, right, generally, yeah, right? Like right, yeah, like when yep. when I'm awake and sane, <laughs> you know, after church, whatever, but I it's not an automated system, it's literally me. I'm saying, "Hey, thanks for worship. Super appreciate it." Right? That's it is it would be easier for us to just pay money. For it to be an automated system. Right. But we think that people will appreciate the The fact that Yeah. Right. So that the sacrifice of the time and the effort to do it. So I think we wanna have high tech strategies for for church, low tech strategies and um, you know, no tech strategies as well. They're going to be people because of age, because of finance, who will just never Never choose to opt in, or never be able to opt in. Right, and they deserve to feel like they're a part of the church too. That that ninety-year-old person yep. who does not have a smartphone, doesn't want still, anything
1: to do with Facebook.
0: Exactly. How can we make sure that they feel just as much a part of the church as well? And it takes a strategy, an intentional effort, systemic effort to make sure that everybody's included. And
1: and that's the thing I would focus on is that intentionality. You know, Mm -hmm. strategy means we're intentional about who we're reaching, that nobody's slipping through the cracks, that we know what we're doing and we're doing it to the best of our ability. So even how you kind of start out and going, hey, it's really great for us to kind of evaluate everything that we're doing. I think it's going, let's be intentional with what we're doing in every phase. It doesn't all need to be tech. Mm -hmm. We still need to do the Hey, let me go visit somebody. Mm-hmm. I know that's really hard in a pandemic world.
0: Well, we still need to go. Hey, let me send a card. Let me do some of those things. Sure. Well, let me. T- I'll tell you. We did. My wife and I. We did what we call drive bys. Yep. So after church, we kind of just had a list of people that we knew lived in the neighborhood, and so after church, it was in the warmer months too. <laughs> but a- after church, we would just kind of drive by. We were like, "Hey, we're in the we're in the driveway. Just stand on your porch. Want to say hi? We'll wait. We can talk from there." And I think we did that until somebody like walked off the porch and reached through the window and hugged my wife, and that was like the last time <laughs> oh, we <yeah>. did. <laughs> I was yeah. like, we're it. But I mean, I think again, no take, like yeah. just low yep. communication, like hey, everybody, yeah. we miss you, we see. And I think I think what we're saying is we see you, yes. right, in the season of isolation, in the season where people don't feel seen, don't feel heard. Yeah. One of the one of the things that we can do as a church and as a family is just say. I see you. Yeah. I hear you. In a, yeah, a little it, old school avatar reference. I see you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I understand. Listen, I understand it's been doing. so long. I I, bar- <laughs> I barely remember Listen, anything. Don't be surprised if you get okay. random movie quotes okay. in on the regular in this podcast. Ex- expect it. Don't even, like, don't say, <laughs> just expect it. Yeah. All right. So the fifth one we
1: have today, the last one on our list today is the pandemic has taught me about the need for pastoral
0: care. Sure.
1: And I know you're probably sitting there going, wait a minute, you don't have pastoral. And I'm not talking about you as a pastor caring for others. I'm talking about how so often we run ourselves so thin yeah. and our plates have gotten so full. If we're not being fed, if we're not slowing down, if we're not spending time in prayer, if we're not loving our families, we so easily run ourselves into the ground. Yeah. And, and I'll pause this by saying I'm kind of two fronts. I feel like amidst the COVID world, I don't know about you, but I am probably busier than I've ever been. Agree. But I also think, especially early on, maybe it was the chaos of everything going, but it slowed down for a brief period mm. and maybe you had that opportunity to kind of go back to dinner around the table as a family. Sure. Um, you know, and can we build in some spiritual growth time with your spouse or some spiritual growth time with your kids? And can we make sure that we're being poured into? Cause I think so often we stretch ourselves so thin. We mm-hmm. run ourselves so ragged that we just crash and burn. Sure. Um, and I don't want to see pastors going, man, I'm more susceptible to sin. I'm more susceptible to burnout. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else going on. Sure. And so we've really got to go, man, how am I caring? How am I refreshing myself? Mm-hmm. It was great. Theo and I this morning, we walked in and Theo was like, hey, what did you do to refresh yourself this week? And I think that's an important question that we've got to ask our brothers and sisters in ministry to go sure. hey, how are you being fed? Mm-hmm. You know, what's that small group that you're going into, not leading, just right. being a part of? Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or maybe you're just going, hey, let me watch my buddy's podcast or my buddy's service mm-hmm. and just be taught and refreshed and just kind of take it in. Sure. As opposed to I'm always running myself ragged.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think early on we were all working off adrenaline. <laughs> yeah right well, yeah. it was exciting it was a new frontier and for many of us particularly like young millennial pastors the moment forced our churches to adopt things we've been trying to get them to do for <laughs> like the last so this was like
1: yeah what yeah. do you mean Digital game. yeah what are we talking yeah. about
0: so it was an exciting it was an exciting time because like early on like the, the the, the church was doing everything we wanted it to do right and, and 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 so even though we were busier even though we were stressed, even though we were, Spending more time with our family while not having let go of anything at the church, we were yeah. we were doing all of the things. We were playing checkers and we were playing Uno, and yep. but we were still going back. We were preaching every week, even yep. if we weren't preaching on Sunday because we were pre-recording or any number of different things. We were doing everything that we always mm-hmm. done. But there was adrenaline there, yeah. And I think also we all kind of expected it to not last this long. Hey, I'm gonna right? be
1: honest. We thought we'd be back by Easter. Yeah. When initially, so Tucker so you was th- like, long you, spring break.
0: you thought Easter? I thought Father's Day. Right. Like <laughs> okay. I was like, all right, Father. You know, so so. But I think we all sort of said, I can run this race at this pace because I won't have to do it yep. it's, it's forever. A it's not yeah. A marathon. Exactly. And then we got through Easter, and we were like, whoa, right? Well, okay. Well, maybe it'll last through the summer. Right, and I got to June. I was like, "Whoa, okay." Well, maybe August, right? And then August, like, well, maybe September. And then you're like, "Well, maybe." And what's Christmas? Look yeah, like? yeah. And now we're kind of like, maybe next Easter, <laughs> right. you know? Maybe next summer, you know? I think, and and and, but then we never recalibrated. Yeah. Right. We ne- We we've kept the same pace. Many of us. Without making any necessary adjustments, right? right? And I, and one of the things you'll, you you hear me say a lot is you cannot pour from an empty pitcher, yeah, right. Yeah. And so some of us used to go to the movies, and that was kind of a refreshing experience. So okay, if you don't have that, you don't just say oh I don't have anything anymore. You have to find something else. Some right. people do outdoors, they yep. exercise, they a lot of us think about exercising, and that's <laughs> great. It's like oh. <laughs> i love to just run, that'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we have to decide that caring for ourselves is an essential part of pastoral ministry or just yeah. congregational leaders, Absolutely. right? Like if uh, it's, it's just as important being the stewardship and finance leader, being a deacon in the church, yep. you have to decide that it is just as important to care for yourself as it is to be competent and passionate about your particular role in the congregation. Absolutely. Um. It, it is, in my opinion, where those failures come from. They come from sort of exhausted people, yeah. right? Exhausted people. Racket, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People people who are energized, excited, like they they have their walls up. Yeah. To face those attacks, I think. Yep. It's people who are vulnerable um because of exhaustion that they just like yeah. Oh. <laughs> You know, I'm going to fall over. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, well, I, and we
1: want spiritual
0: health as much as pastors. We want that, uh,
1: with the people within our church, we also need to want that for ourselves.
0: We have to, I mean, we, you have to, we have to get to a place where we're modeling it. Correct. Right. Like where we're not just sort of saying, do as I say, not as I mean, right? right. Don't, right. Yeah. don't, don't look at my COVID-19. Right. Yeah. Don't look at. Don't look at. You know. Don't. Don't zoom in on my eyes so you can see these bags. Just kind of keep. Keep the. It's. It. it and, and, and we need to be saying this is what a what spiritual health, what mental health, yeah. what emotional. This is what it looks like. Yeah. This is what it means to be physically healthy as a person in ministry. Not just for our church, but for our colleagues. We need to encourage our colleagues to be healthy and sort of say, you know, because I think. Christians in general, middle class people in general, we kind of do have a I don't bother your house, you don't bother mine. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause right. cause because none of us are doing what we're supposed to do. So under normal circumstances, I wouldn't ask you, Did you do anything to refresh yourself? Cause I really don't want you to ask me. <laughs> cause I know I didn't do what I was supposed to do either. Yeah. Right? But like if we're going to be in a sort of a mutually accountable relationship we have to be willing to both ask and be asked, challenge and be challenged, and encourage and, and be, right, because the point isn't to make you feel bad. The point is to sort of invite you into living right. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Living yeah. living well. And
1: and realistically, that's what we want to be as ministry leaders of, you know, that whole Pauline attitude of, hey, you want to see Jesus? Watch me. Exactly. Yeah, follow yeah, me as I follow Christ, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely. fair enough.
0: You know, that's the first half of our list. You know, what did you think? Um, we've got, you know, a Ministry for Breakfast podcast, Facebook fan page for us to be able to keep the party going. We'd love for you to comment there. We'd love for you to, first of all, join the group, subscribe, uh, find today's post, and just join in in the discussion in the comment section. We cannot wait uh, to connect with you. Uh, join us next week for the second half of Lessons Learned from Pastoring in the Pandemic. I'm Theo, and I eat ministry for breakfast. I'm Kenny, and
1: I eat ministry for breakfast.
0: Until next time, stay hungry, my friends.